Major Theory presents Blue Dope, a podcast from the inquisitive minds of Blue and Olivia Dope, as they sit down and pick the brains of some of your favorite entertainers and entrepreneurs. On this week's episode, Grammy and Emmy award-winning singer-songwriter, Coco Syrah. Yo, we got the Grammy Award winning hey. right mm-hmm. singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, rapper, you name it. Coco Sarai's in the building. What's yeah. up, Coco? I'm happy. I'm excited. And welcome home. We got you in Brooklyn. What? Yeah. I'm in New York. It's it's over. It's over. I'm I'm grateful. This is amazing. It's so been an so amazing let's talk experience. let's let's talk about you being home right now. Like, you you were raised in Brooklyn, like where raised, you... born and raised in Brooklyn. Born and raised in Brooklyn. BK, what born and raised, Bedstuy, Bushwick, Brownsville. Oh, like yeah. it's like an equal amount of time in all three, for sure. You know, um, it's it's been an amazing journey. You know, I think like yesterday or day before yesterday, I went to like some old shops that I went to to get my little fits. Cause you know, you got NoHo and then you got this Soho. I'm sorry. NoHo is in Cali. Okay. Soho oh, is out here, right? You got yeah. these couple of two little, three little stores in Soho. And you're like, right, I'm going to go get them my little, I mean, man. And then out in pick on Picking Avenue, there's oh, yeah. one store where you can get like the same stuff that be over there, right? So I'm like, I'm in Crown Heights right now. I'm going over to, to Pickett Avenue. Avenue. I'm yeah, not yeah. doing this. Um, and I went there and, you know, just seeing the environment and the activity of the people there. And I was just like, man, it made me sad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm having a conversation with some people at a label right now. And after my, you know, going over there and grabbing some stuff, they're like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm sad. And they were like, sad? Coco, sad? I'm like, yeah. I was like, you know, some things haven't changed True, um, true. But but what it really did was uh, make me feel the weight, the weight of uh, where I come from, the weight of it. Like you go away and it's three, three and a half years now I've been in L.A. And it's like for most people, this is just a story when I talk about how I grew up and yeah. my upbringing, you know, but in real life, this is my life, my family, my friends, you know, people that I grew up with are still in these spaces. I'm about to go on the block next week and I'm going to see niggas that's still on the block. Yeah. You know Facts. what I mean? Yeah. Pandemic, all of the woken uh, rhetoric that we feel, all of the like, oh, you've done this, you've traveled, you this. Some people have not traveled. Some yeah. people are still saying congratulations when they see me get on a plane. Right. Yeah. You know, and it hurts. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. You know, so I'm talking to these, you know, uh, uh, what do I call it? Uh Nigga and nigga adjacent. They not none of those. They not nigga or nigga adjacent people. And, adjacent. and, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Because the Spanish people is nigga adjacent. You know what right. uh, Depending on how they feel that day. Right. Um, and, you know, and I'm just like, they're like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel a little sad. Yeah. You know, because still, still niggas on the corner. Like, really, really, like, still crackheads. Still, it was yeah. a weird energy, you know, but... um. I remembered quickly, like, this is what I come from. This is what I saw. And I still saw a better life for myself when I was in these circumstances. And I'm um, I'm grateful because I actually don't know how I thought this way. This is a thought process. Mm-hmm. Right. This wasn't, it's action, absolutely. But it was a thought process. Like, even when I was young to be like, I want that. So it's not that I ignored what was happening. It was so normal that it was just like, ah, 
So when you get out of it and you come back, you're like, yo, this is happening. Yeah, it's still, it's still, it's still real. And this is what you came out of. <sighs> it's heavy. Yeah. It makes, it makes, um, glory to God, um, for the work that I did with, uh, Dr. Dre, um, on this TNT project for Kobe, a Kobe tribute. God bless Dre for asking me to come in and do it. Uh, on a random night in LA and I came through and added some stuff. We won an Emmy. Um, maybe like two or three weeks wow. ago. So now, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you wow. so much. Thank Grammy you. slash Emmy winning. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I like to say, but like, it was different when I say like, I'm a little black girl from Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, like I'm from here, my nigga. This ain't no, like, yeah. like I'm not in these spaces and, and forget where I'm, where I come from. You know, like I'm aware. I know people that were right next to me. I'm sorry. I could cry. That did not do um, what they could have done with the opportunities and the talent they had, right? You know, because they weren't able to see. I more I just for wanted more, yo. Yeah. I just wanted more, and um, um. So when I see it, you know, coming back just to go shopping, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful and it's, ugly thing because I want so much more for us. It's beauty in the struggle, yeah. you know. And I'm reminding that that this Grammy and this Emmy. Um, has a different weight. Has a different weight. It just happened to fall on me yeah. in a beautiful way, but it has a different weight. Yeah, yeah. because your, your somebody that knows me that grew up next to me mm-hmm. is like, yeah, my girl did it, and I'm like, no, my nigga. Words of Pharrell, nigga, you could do it too. Right, mm. we, we did because it. we come from the yeah. same, same. We like we was going to the same corner store, eating the same bullshit, dealing with the same, mm-hmm. going to the same schools, having the same scuffles, mm-hmm. fucking right. fighting on the train, and mm-hmm. all, like we we were going through it. Even if you was a good kid, I got straight A's. You yeah. you went through you it. Still you had to. You still it was around you. Right. We grew up day. and we grew up. I tell people in LA that'll be like, you know, you know, Coco, you intense. I'm like, no. In elementary school. We had to figure it out. <laughs> we had to figure it out for the. We had to figure it out for recess. Where it's like, yes. listen, I ain't pussy, but I'm also not about to deal with none of the BS. So like, either we with it or we not. And you yeah. know, and you know, seeing myself from another lens coming back this time has been different, mm. um, um, and important. And I'm excited to see what it does for my art. Um, and it's painful and it's beautiful. You know, all at the same time. But to be that self-aware yeah. is yeah. is a really, really beautiful thing. And to see how everything comes full circle. Yeah. You mentioned winning this Emmy for the Kobe tribute. Yeah. And you won the Grammy. And when was that? That was the year before. So in 2020, we on won what the day? Grammy on the day that Kobe died. Yeah. yeah. You Crazy. Know? Um, Crazy. And not too far after that, we went in and, and did the tribute. Wow. Stray asked me to be there. You know, it was painful. I, I didn't even put it in my bio or talk about it until enough people had to be like, this comes before your name whenever you speak now. Right. Everywhere you go like for the rest you, of your life. You get to say Grammy winning artist. And I'm like, in all honesty, I felt like, well, this isn't for my music. This is for music that I hope to contribute to, you know. God bless Anderson. That's my brother, man. Mm. I'm honored. I'm grateful. Mm. It's amazing to watch him work. He's a baby Dre. It's insane to watch wow. the two of them. It's like, wow. like you're him in 20 years and you're him 20 years ago. <laughs> and, you know, but in this time, you know, and for me, I'm, you know, I'm a little sis, but I'm also like, all right, Coco, come and do, you know, what do you think? You know, um, and I think that, um, 
when I look at it, I'm, uh, I have a different gratitude for it, not because of me, but because of what it means to people that were right next to me right. that are not anymore. Yeah. So, and so, it still hurts. I'm not even yeah. going to lie. That shit hurts. It hurts when I see people not like, you know, elevating or not doing what they can or not following it. That shit, mm. that it's, shit it's don't deep. make me it's feel deep. like, oh, it's me. I'm the shit. It makes me feel like, damn, yo. So, I mean, a lot of people yeah. on their journey, I feel like, you know, growing up in certain neighborhoods, et cetera, they escape with music, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so let's, let's go into that. So how did you really start with music? Was it an escape for you? I'm Anna, a transgender woman. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgenda. Join Anna as she chronicles her transition and Cam as he learns how to be a supportive parent. This podcast is about embracing differences and finding common ground. It's a roller coaster of emotions, laughter, and genuine connection. Tune in to new episodes of The Transgenda bi-weekly. Subscribe and listen to The Transgenda on your favorite podcast platform. Love you all, except the bigots. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I grew up in church, you okay. know. I started singing at two years old. My so mom was says, in the choir. Yeah, beyond that, like my my family were the preachers, the oh, wow. drummers, the bassists, the organ players. Everything. Auntie Lucy played the bass. Uncle Uncle Butch plays the uh, no. Uncle Butch plays the bass. Auntie Lucy played the organ. Um, my cousin played the drums. My like other cousin played the piano. Uncle Jay, Aunt Gladys, Grandma, all my family could sing. You know, like it wasn't. I grew up in a musical family, so wow. it wasn't like when you think of the Winans, that was my family. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real, like no that ass. Everybody, and I, and yeah. I thought everybody's family was like that. So when I meet other people and they singing, it's like nobody in my family sings. I'm like, how'd you how? do that? Yeah. What What is that? What were y'all doing? Where, 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 so what y'all was you, doing? Like, where did you like, pull inspiration from? Like, that? Well, how did you? How you do this? Like. They, I don't even, you know, um, I might be peeking. Let me back up. You know, I'm loud. Um, and I've been drinking. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> no, um, no judgment right, zone. Right. It's all good. I don't, I don't even care, man. Life is so good. I'm so grateful. That's it. Um, and so for me, um, starting at two, my mom said it started at two. Um, that was actually normal in my family. It's not normal in most families, but it was normal in my family. And... Um, Singing gospel meant that my grandmother would be like, yo, if God ain't in it, I'm going to sit you down. Mm. So if you're singing a song about God and she feels like you're just trying to make it about you, grandma would sit you down. But she wasn't when, with the secular music. Nah. And even in singing gospel, she would be like, this is all ego. Mm. And she wouldn't let it happen. So we were, ta- I was taught to, uh, to connect to what I was singing. And I was going through a lot as a kid. I lived with my grandma, which means my mom was in and out of jail. Mm. Um, and so I couldn't talk about it. My grandmother wasn't the type where you could talk to her about how her daughter is making you feel. Mm. That made her feel attacked. Yeah. So I couldn't talk about it. So that meant like the only place I got to get this out was in church when I was singing shit like, yo, what God has for me is for me, wow. you know, Um because I was a depressed child. Now that I'm older and I understand what this is, we understand mental health because it's, a, you know. It's a thing now. It's a thing it's now. Important. I understand that, like, um, for me to be where I'm at right now is not supposed to happen. I'm going to be honest. You know, like, I don't know how it happened. It's a mixture of God and some willpower and some people that God decided to use to be like, I don't know what it is about this little feisty ass 
little girl, teenager, grown woman, whatever. And people that were like, I champion her, I believe in her. She said she's going to walk on water. And I'm like, all right, well, let me let me give you some water, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, seriously, you know, um, and I'm grateful for that. At, at what point did you realize you can make your own music and that you didn't just have to sing gospel music? Oh, man. I mean, well, grandma had me singing straight gospel. But when I went to mommy on the weekend, we was listening to Mary J. Blige uh, and right. we was listening to the Bee Gees and we was listening mm. to, you know, I'm Jamaican. So we listening to Barb Marley and Barris Hammond and yes. and Pizza Tosh and, right. you know, like and and, you know, she was and Tina Turner, who was who was still one of my favorites and okay. Billie Holiday. And like you my mom nice was my mom could sing as well. So she was very broad in her range of how she listened to music and um and I was exposed to all of that and we would sing together and gospel was with grandma uh, and she was in gospel too but gospel was with grandma, grandma and I had to sing it in church so I think that my mom was uh not she was so instrumental in me being able to see music the way I do. And my uncle was all about hip-hop, EPMD. And he was all about neo-soul. My first concert was Erica Badu. He he took me to the Afram and I got lost and ended up at the front of the fuck at the at the front of the stage. Um, and Erica Badu puts the mic out to who is singing wow. the loudest and puts the mic out to me. And I'm 13 wow. in Maryland. And boy, you know you rock my world. And she's making everybody sing it. And I grab the mic and I'm singing it out my lungs. Mm. And when I think Is about... Is there footage of that somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> that might be I out there. there. It, it might be. Somewhere when out there. What are the odds that you're a 13-year-old in a crowd that don't never heard the Mama's Gun album at, yes. the, same, at the time? Come to the front and I know that song. Ball and I ball. fall in love with the whole Mama's Gun album because I see her perform it live at 13. Yes. And I was like... And she gave the mic Wait, too. and on top of that... She kept taking off outfits. She had like four or five outfits. <laughs> Layers. Layers. And she would take one off and have another one on and take another one off. And then and I'm the like, crowd goes crazy. And you, I lost my yeah, mind. Yeah. I, I, Are I you crazy? It. I witnessed it. I witnessed it. I'd never seen that in my life. It was my first concert mm. outside of church. Mm. And I was just like. It was over. <laughs> it was over. My second, not second concert, maybe second concert. I moved back to New York. I'm like 16 or 17. Uncle Bam gets me one ticket to see Jill Scott live because he knew I loved mm. her. He introduced me to Neo Soul and Flowetry, which which is amazing because now I know Marsha Ambrosius, which is wow. honorable. Like she yeah. doesn't phenomenal need, I was, song. I'm looking at her. Singer. I'm like, do you understand? Like, but you right. are my child. Like, you can literally do no wrong, fam. Like, this is crazy. Like, you're the you're the shit in the urine and everything else right. that's good because shit in urine is terrible and you shouldn't be that and I think Lil Wayne made it say it but we shouldn't because that's like anyway back to what I'm saying All like the right? shout out to Lil Wayne though but I don't want to compare people I love the excrements even though that was really genius you know what I mean there's so many things alright back <laughs> um so um I that was one of my things you know I always knew I wanted to do the music uh Whitney Houston was my first Mary J. Blige, Lauren Hill, Tina Turner. Those were them. Soul music. Yeah, but also like their voices I did their their voices were close to mine. I yes. always had a raspy voice yes. from a child. So they all had raspy voices. You know, Whitney Houston not so much. I just right. wanted that, you know. Who doesn't? The yeah. range. Yeah, yeah. The and, range. And 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 um 
most singers learn how to sing from mimicking. I was right. never good at mimicking. Mm. So being in church, you have to make the song yourself. If Sister Teresa sings what God has for me, you can't sing it just like her. So you learn to make it your own and make it for the uh, the glory of God from young. And which meant that I needed to connect to it, you know. And at a time when I'm like worried and scared because my mom is not coming to my track meets. And, you know, it's like, all right, God, whatever, whoever you bring, first lady's pulling up to my track meets. And mom. I'm grateful that she's there, mom. even though mommy's not at like eight. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to just be happy somebody's here. It wasn't easy. I was, when I look back on it, I was a depressed child, you know, and I know that. And I realize how much of an impact it made on the way that I write because I'm not afraid to be honest. I mean, be vulnerable. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not be afraid of this. inspired by those moments of anguish. Because I know I'm not alone. Right. People like to pretend that, like, everything's all good and everyone's vibrating high all the time and everything's, mm. but that's not true. Balance, ma'at. We, we, we have balance. Yes. And I think people are so afraid of their shadow that they are afraid to dance with it, mm -hmm. but not understanding that you need both. If you lean too far into the light, then when some shit bad comes up, you don't know how to defend yourself. And if you lean too far into the dark, lean too far into the dark, you know, when something great happens, you don't know how to like accept it and be grateful for it. So you have to have balance. You know, and I think so many new, quote unquote, philosophies, new, not the older ones. The new philosophies are like, hey, like, you just got to vibrate high all the time. And that's why it I wrote the song. Like it doesn't work that way. It's That's why I wrote the song called Bigger Person when I was like, fuck being a big person. Because how, that's how I felt that day. Mm. Right. And I'm not afraid to feel that and write about it in that moment, even if. I was the bigger person. I wrote about not being a bigger person because, you know, I ain't trying to go to jail. I like get my nails done and eyebrows done and shit and that ain't it. You know, but I'm aware, you know, it's about awareness. You know, um, I feel like you asked me one question. And I nah, it's cool. That's how <laughs> no, we flow this over is here. This is, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is about your life. I mean, yeah. so go ahead. Go ahead, though. No, nah, just being a bigger person because I want to focus on that song. Like I know a lot of the times being bigger means holding back mm -hmm. when you have to be bigger. Mm -hmm. So for you to say, you know, you're about being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's, I get it. Yeah. I heard the song and, and now it, it, it all makes sense because sometimes we don't want to be bigger. Oh, it hurts. Sometimes it hurts to be like, this person thinks I'm pussy. No, for real. <laughs> Like I'm I'm letting you slide because I don't want to go to jail. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And because I'm aware that you're not even worth it. And now you think that I'm, I'm pussy. pussy. Just because of that. You yeah. think you can walk around doing this to other people mm. because I didn't check you and I gotta have conversations with my creator. Like, listen, fam. What you about to do about this? Because I'm mm. feeling like if you need me to be your angel of war, I'm ready to pull up. Just give me the word <laughs> and tell me I'm not going to jail. And I'm going to rock it out for you. Like, I got you. But <laughs> but it, but it's it's an understanding of sometimes it hurts to do the right thing. Mm. It, sure, it sure does. It does. Sometimes sure, doing sure the right does. thing hurts. And, and, and growth doesn't always feel good. It hurts. Mm -hmm. Stretching. I'm stretching. I'm still stretching. Yes. And it hurts sometimes. Sometimes it's like, oh, it feels so good to look back and see that I've stretched. But when I am stretching, 
in that it doesn't moment. always feel good and i think people have this fairy tale world about what growth looks like growth hurts my ex uh i remember he had these like little stretch marks down his spine that was little lines going up his spine a couple i'm like what's that he said i had a growth spurt when I was like 12 and I went from like 5'2 to like 5'11 in a summer. Mm. And this is what happened. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Just the the physical depiction of what growth looks like. Yeah. There are scars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there are scars. <laughs> you know, and people confuse that shit. And I, I I'm not confused. Some people have mental scars. Right. Right. And I'm not confused. So when I wrote bigger person is because I didn't go to his house and fuck shit up. Right. I'm just keeping it a stack. <laughs> right. But I wanted to. Yeah, you you want giving it to me. I wanted want to, to so bad because he earned it. And mm. you had the power I, and I had to. And I and I understood my power enough mm-hmm. to know I had the power to. Like right. you wasn't about to get no yams for at least a month because I'm coming here. <laughs> exactly. To fuck shit up on my right. behalf. On behalf of my ancestors. Okay. That's the way I <laughs> the felt. I felt like the ancestors behind me. me. It was like three of them that was like, listen, if you really with it, I'm with it. And it. I right. had to be like the other honey was like, you got to chill <laughs> but because, because they, those are the same ancestors that give you the intuition to tell you to tell me what was going up. on no facts the same intuition that was like yo go on instagram wake up and go there mm-hmm. and i was like oh you got me fucked up oh, oh. <laughs> nigga pussy. Oh. wait a minute you know who you fucking with you know um but um <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all, this is all good because yeah. it's, all, it's all in the mind of but the creator. But it's true right? and it's honest, you know. So, and the person I wrote bigger person about like two years, a year and a half later is like, "Yo, I can't believe you really felt that way." I'm like, "You still don't yeah, know still that don't your ancestors it. protected you right. from me and my ancestors because right. <laughs> you almost died." Because he was ready I'm, for I, war. I, I'm gonna ask you that too, because I mean, how how is it just as a writer and a like putting things out there that you know those people will listen to, and then you basically have to be in front of them and almost have that conversation. How does how does that really feel for you? Are you ever scared to kind of put that out in the world? I, I, I know, I never, never scared. Never. I know it. I felt it. Never. I'm <laughs> the nerve of you to uh, treat me in any other way than what I deserve to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it because I'm very leery with the word deserve. I don't just Mm. throw that around. I'm only saying deserve because I used to think that what I give out, I give back. Yes, I thought that the world was that way. It broke my heart when I learned that that's not the way it is. Um, And understanding that if even outside of that, when something comes from my heart, it comes from my heart. And if it doesn't come back, that's okay. Like Mm. you gotta be okay with that like and not like fake okay like yo this is what my heart is telling me to do this is what my mind and my ancestors are telling me to do this is what god is telling me to do and i'm gonna do that and if you don't give it back that's fine but i also don't have to allow access you get what i mean like i think we we don't i used to think that i needed to love less and then i learned that i needed to create boundaries Mm -hmm. it was a difference you know um um i used to think that Oh, I feel you and I feel your energy and maybe I should. No, 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 no. You were supposed to be their friend, not their girl. Or like, you know, maybe I really do understand you. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Understanding them does not mean that you have to be subject to their abuse because they don't know any better. Right. You know, or your own or your own. Let's let's get into some real shit or your own feeling of like 
mom was in jail, daddy wasn't there. And so now you feel like in some little ways you're a people pleaser. And so you want to be this and want to be that. And you can see it and you can see that. And you're not understanding that you're being mistreated. Mm. Right. Or if you are, you think like maybe they nobody understands them like I do. It is not my job right. to uh, be abused at the expense of your lesson. Mm. And if I notice it, then I get to fucking walk away. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I didn't I didn't understand some of these things. I didn't have some of the lessons. But now that I know that's where fuck being in the bigger person comes from. Cause it's like, I can actually rip you apart and I'm choosing not to. And you really walking around like shit is sweet. Like I can't chop your throat. Nimrenge <sighs> Kyo. Right. Um, and instead of like, obviously I'm not going to put everything that I've um, worked for at risk. So a bigger person came out as a record, you know, instead. Um, and I'm grateful for that uh, outlet. And that superpower, because that's what it is. Yeah. It is a superpower. It's like an X-Men. People who are creatives, you are creatives, yeah. are X-Men mm. in some right. Like X-Men, you know, were granted gifts without uh, repentance, like the Bible says. You know, some people sing and no one in their family sings. And I was like, oh, this is the it's definition of an X-Men. Yeah. Like, you know, like mine was hella hereditary. I had mad X-Men before me. Like, right. how'd you do it? You know, um, and recognizing that makes me um, have an appreciation for um, what I now call a gift. Because I didn't always call it that. Because I feel things so deeply, I called it a curse. You know, like, it hurts. Yeah. It's like, Coco, I feel it when you sing. And I'm like, because I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, yeah. Like it it's wasn't, come out. it wasn't. But now I understand that that is also a superpower because I watch how it transforms when you deal with your own pain, and it forces you to deal with your trauma. You know, because then you recognize that you're powerful enough to feed the people nonsense and negativity. So it's important to deal with it so that you can give them the best part of yourself. And if that was five years ago and you've grown, I can live with like, yo, five years ago, I gave you what I had. <laughs> right. You know, opposed to like, I knew this was some bullshit. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so it's interesting. And, and people don't always necessarily know the pain you've been through and what you're giving them and how you're giving it to them. Yeah. It's, you're not just writing these songs from other perspectives, yeah. et cetera. I mean, one of the things that's crazy to me is that you've been around for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember like when you kind of first came onto the scene, the marketing was heavy. Like it was just like, it was in your face. Like, here's Gogo Sarai, here's Gogo Sarai. Four albums later, you know, you still release a track like Big Dummy, right? And when you listen to those words, I feel like there's so many artists that might give up at a certain time. So what was that song for you and how big and impactful has it been to other people? What's kind of the feedback that you've gotten? Man, uh, Big Dummy is um, Big Dummy is one of those one of those ones where I'm talking about um, being um, this is annoying me. <laughs> Big Dummy is one of those ones where I'm talking about uh, the vulnerability of chasing a dream that doesn't pay right away, of wanting something so bad and not really seeing it reflect in your bank account when your family is West Indian and you're second and third generation. Girl! And they look at what you do as like a hobby. Understand. Because if you're not a doctor, a lawyer, a preacher, or a teacher, 
Uh-huh. You're a fucking dub. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they don't understand what you're doing with your life, you know? And um, <laughs> Big Dummy was uh, going to the studio with this much gas in my car in California. Uh, where the gas prices are extra high. Where the gas prices are $5 a gallon yeah. because I got a, you know, yeah. I got a nice car. And, uh. and I got to put premium in that yeah. bad boy. And yeah. it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. disres- it's a disrespectful amount of money exactly. yeah. to fill my tank exactly. on a regular basis. But I got to get around. But you got to get to the studio. But I got to get around because yeah. that's my job. Yeah. My job is going to the studio yeah. because I chose that life, you know, um, which is a blessing. And also, like... Sometimes money coming in, sometimes money ain't. And so Big Dummy um, felt good to release. And I didn't know how people were going to take it. I thought that this is only going to resonate with older crowds. And when um, I did the live performance of it on um, Major Stage and it blew up on the internet and I had kids singing it, like kids of every age, range, color, complexion. Singing Big Dummy, I'm like, how do you even know? Like, you've been alive long enough to love something <laughs> long enough to know what this feels like. But here we but go. They, but they here, did. Here we go. When you mention the women that inspired you, like Tina Turner, mm-hmm. like Whitney Houston, that sing from a place of deep love and yeah, pain. Yeah. You were that young singing yeah, their songs. I was. I was. I was mad young singing right. their songs and singing feeling Erica it. Same Badu, thing. Word for word at 13. It's the same thing. <laughs> Not even understanding what some of these things meant, but I meant it. You meant yes. it. Yes. Um, and so when I saw kids singing it back in their cars or in their schools or like tagging me and I see it and I'm like, oh my God. Like one, hit different. I'm so hurt that you're feeling this way because mm. you deserve so much more. So my natural response is like, just know you can do it. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> I'm such a teacher. I was a teacher for 10 years. And oh. the other part of me is like, you know, wow. There was someone who was a big wig in the industry that told me, eh, I don't like this song. And I was like, you can't relate because you ain't never been this broke. Mm. Right. <laughs> so maybe this one isn't for you and and that was okay because I got mad records I got tons yeah. of records that ain't out <laughs> so if this one ain't for you I'm okay with that you know so Big Dummy has been important because one it's the only song that I had a song called Raining in My Room mm-hmm. that no one could let me do a show without singing it mm. um, and Big Dummy is the first song that could replace that song so I felt like the only song that was as good as Raining in My Room was Big Dummy. And it took me years. Wow. Big Dummy came out in 2011. No, Raining in My Room came out in 2011. Big Dummy came out in 2020. 2020. You wow. get what I mean? It's yeah. a big gap. It's a big gap. And I do it, mad it music and people love it. Joint. But I'm realizing that the way people resonated to Big Dummy was because of it attaching to something that had nothing to do with someone else. Hmm. Big dummy is not about your relationship with another human who it's is about fickle. Your it's about your relationship Self. with yourself and how you feel about yourself and how people are talking about you when you're doing something that you've been doing. Like I'm doing this every day. I get up and they're like, well, I work as a nurse at a hospital and now I'm an art, you know, now I'm this and now I'm that and I'm working on the floor. And now they can see, you can see your progress when you're working in other industries and when you're hmm. working in art, it's hard to see your progress unless you start to, document it right where it's at so um what helped me not feel so connected to numbers 
when I started putting out this three-party P for Cacao was yes. like, I'm going to put out part one and I'm going to see what it does. I okay. knew only one song on part one was this, was new. And I'm like, they're not going to like it. Big Dummy and Coffee in the Morning is on here. We got videos for these bad boys. Ain't nobody going to care. People love Foolish Heart. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put out part that's, two that's a month my, later. That's my joint right there. Yeah. Because you got the little bats one and all that. Like, listen, yeah. if, listen, when you hear this new reggae album about the drop, man. Oh, mm-hmm. word. Mm. Reggae and Afrobeats. I have Come a whole on. bunch of stuff coming. Nice. I'm so excited and it's so different from what I've done. But we're going to get back to that. Okay, okay. Um, So when I got to part two, this was all new music. Okay. And I was nervous, but it did so well. Um, And then part three, same thing. And I, was, I could see growth between each. So instead of talking to somebody like, oh, I did 100,000 streams. I'm like, I did... 50,000 more on the second project and I did 300,000 more on the third project. I'm looking at my growth in a way of I'm growing from where I am to where I'm going opposed to like Drake's doing eight million the first time. Yeah. Yeah, It's hard. It's hard in the industry. You can't. How do you measure your growth when your finances don't match your celebrity? And also... As creatives, we're constantly measuring our growth based on how much somebody else likes it. Yeah. Rather than, okay, where I started creatively based on, you know, inspiration back then to where I am now and how I'm able to create based off of inspiration. We should be doing that a little bit more often. Yeah. And we don't. We don't. I mean, because it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Look at what's in our faces all day, Mm. you know. And I'm also not mad at that because don't get it twisted. If a bitch get a deal and it work out, we out. We out. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but I'm still going to tell the same stories. It just means I have a wider fan base to tell it to. Right. That's the machine at the end of the day. You know, um, and I um, I go back and forth with that. You know, I'm about what's the best situation for me and what I want for my music, for my legacy, for my children. There's no way I've been doing this this long and my grandkids don't get to get something off of it. Yes. Right. That's if a point. I, I've, in my mind, no one else is. In my mind, if I do that, I've failed them. Mm. Because I know better. You know? Um, and it's deep, it's heavy. Yeah. Because I ain't 12 no more. Right. You know? And I mean, when it comes to this indie grind, I think a lot of people over the years have realized how much of an opportunity exists, especially present day, when you have all these streaming platforms. I think even just Nipsey Hussle kind of opened up a lot of people's minds to it. So, I mean, with that said, do you still feel like even right now, being indie right now is the most lucrative situation for you? If I had... The backing, the financial backing to do the things that I need to do, then yes. Okay. Because if I have the money already, then I can play the game. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, because I've worked to build the connections, but if I don't have that money, I'm like, I don't know. Um, but I'm open to all conversations okay. uh, right now. And if it doesn't make sense for me, then I will politely decline as I have been doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's power. It's power in that. Yeah, power in that. Because I, I am my label. 
when people see these videos and they're like, they're amazing. I'm like, I did that. I paid for that. Right. <laughs> so when they're asking for more visions, visuals, I'm like, did you buy any merch? Right. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's the way I feel. Like I don't say that. I'm like, no, for real. Like people be like, you got to You got to tell them buy, that. Sometimes. Buy the like, merch yo, so we can make the next joint. Do y'all understand how this works? Like, if you think this money growing tree, yeah. right? You didn't even watch it for the full three minutes. The nerve! <laughs> I can get the stream. The nerve of you! You need that royalty money too. I, like it's two point. It's Where's like negative two point three percent on a goddamn stream and goddamn sh- like yeah. stop playing with me. Yeah. Okay, you. Have Asking for more videos. Did you do tell anything friend, to help? Okay. Yeah. Big dummy cost me an organ almost, uh, you know, and <laughs> for real, phenomenal video. Listen, thank you. It hurts. I still think about it with labor like, of love, labor of love, <laughs> labor of love. Let me tell you. And, but I'm grateful I did it because that's, I that's had you a purpose in yourself. For it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, so now this year, um, niggas gonna have to run them streams up. That's, yeah. And then I'll give a video, but it's only because I have to pay for it. But, yeah. you know, in that regard, people see what I'm capable of doing yes. with so little. Yes. Right. Um, and somebody will come along and be like, y'all want to be a part. I want to be in business. And if it makes sense, then I'll do it. And if it doesn't, niggas is going to get these records. Yes. And they're just going to have to deal until they, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's, this is it's also a matter of right now at this point. Um, and I want to get this tatted and get this as a neon sign. Um, remember, this is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. We forget that. I forgot that for a lot of years. Um, and I'm reminded of that. You know, like, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've been saying this since I was supposed two. to be stressed. It's supposed to be fine. I'm going to be stressed. It's work. It's a business. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm spending my money. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That's not fun all no, the time. No. But like, I got to remember that this is supposed to be fun. And that's what these next two projects are about. Is I not literally one, went into two. it like I want to have fun. Yeah. And I'm excited because it reflects, you know, um, and uh, what is going to be for me is going to be for me. Not saying I'm sitting down waiting for the universe to just pull up. Oh no, no. I'll be on the universe ass. Wagwan, my youth. That's where we at. Like I've what's came, up? I've come to collect. I've come to yeah. I put in that work was mm-hmm. go. You know. So, so, um So how did a Brooklyn girl end up in Cali? Oh man, I was on this <laughs> I was on this TV show called The Four. Yes. Um really? Yeah. With with Khaled, Diddy, Diddy, Megan Trainer. Uh, Charlie Walk, but um, but you did that show after you've already been in the music industry for absolutely. many of years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I got asked by a million people to do it, and okay. I did it. I was a teacher at the time. I went to Cali. I performed. I ended up crying because I did um, jealous, and I thought about my mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was rough, you know. And they invited me to be a part of the show. Episode one of some fuckery, and I was waiting to go on, and I didn't go on. Wow. Um, and then Why episode, is that? Uh, just TV, just man. TV shit. TV shit that I probably am under contract that I can't. Uh, can't talk about. Got mm-hmm. you. NDAs. But at the end of the day, it's television, you right. know? Those don't expire? Yeah. <laughs> some no, of them don't. Not, some not them that don't one. Have. It was like, man, it was thick. Wow. It was a thick amount of pages, funny. Wow. Yeah, she was crazy. I was looking through all that. Like, first of all, we crossing this out. That's crazy. Yeah. 
I ain't doing that. I don't even know what this means. First of all, this perpetuity word is wild. You know, like stop putting that Forever. in contract. Perpetuity is like Forever. after grandkids, grandkids die. It's, disres- it's disrespectful. Like it I'm is. not even here no more. Why is perpetuity in yeah. here? Yeah. Like give it a couple generations. Yeah. You, you stingy. Not <laughs> so so you, you ain't you ain't on episode episode one. And then what happened when you you know? Uh, they call me back to ask. I go back home. Mm. They call me back to ask me to do back episode to New York. two. Wow. They asked me to do and you, this on your own too. dime too. No, oh, no they, they paid. They, they flew you out. They better. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying <laughs> a Brooklyn budget. I was a teacher. It was yeah. a dub. I yeah. wasn't doing none of that. Yeah. Um. They flew me back, and um. I did the show. Uh, the most beautiful part about it is that I made so many amazing artist friends that yes. live in LA now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. During my time there, uh, I think I got off the show the fourth. It aired the eleventh. I met Dr. Dre on the sixth through an amazing producer. Uh, soundscaper Focus Three Dots Who had played my music for him Like a year Two years prior And was mm. like I guess he was like Yo Coco's in town I don't know the full story mm. I'll never know <laughs> But that's what I'm thinking Yo Coco's in town Coco's in town Trey's uh, like Alright cool Bring it through Trey's like Hey what up yeah, um. So Focus is like You wanna come to the studio I'm like yeah I'm at dinner with my friends I'm supposed to leave The next morning The 7th um, This is 2018 To come back and teach to come back and teach. Okay. You know, I didn't tell them I was coming back because I was still going to take like an extra three days because I need to process what the right, fuck is happening right. with my life. And I'm right. like, sorry, y'all. Um, um, and so I go to the studio on the 6th and I meet Trey and I get there. He's in the middle of the console room and Focus comes in and is like, yo, coach, she's amazing. And Dr. Dre says, you know, oh, shit, well, the mic hot, hot. And I was mm. like, shit, you ain't said nothing but a word because it's something about losing on national television. And you don't know what it's going to look like, that it's like it's now or never. What's right. going yeah. yeah. What yeah. we doing? Because I got to go back home anyway. Yeah. Fuck it. I, now that I know him, I probably wouldn't have did that knowing him. <laughs> um, but like back then, I'm like, what's up? And he's like, I. And we just ended up working on a song that night. Hit like five, six in the morning. Um, and my homeboy's there, and I'm like, yo, can I stay by you? And he's like, all right. Uh, so I say to Trey, like, yo, if we could work this week, I ain't getting on the plane. He says, all right. And he leaves out the room, and everybody's like, Trey has left the building. I'm like, what that that's mean? it? I, shit, I'm going to stay, because I don't know what that Almost means, like, yeah. you know? Um, I ended up losing my wallet, being stuck in Cali uh, for like, till like the 18th. Sounds a blessing. You said yeah. the 18th, the, the Board of Ed ready From to fire the, you. Yeah, I just told them like something still happened with the TV show because it aired on the 11th. Uh, and when it aired, I was in the studio. So my phone was ringing off so crazy wow. that it died. Wow. But I didn't care because yeah. I was on to the next thing. Yeah. Like, I really do music, you know? So I was just like, all right, whatever. You and Dre. I'm going to ask, like, was he a favorite producer before? Is he a favorite producer now after? Like, like. <laughs> He's a lot of people's favorite producer. So I'm a singer. So I paid more attention okay. to R&B. Right. Okay. Um, I love hip hop because I'm from Brooklyn. Yes. And my mom was like a gungo hip hop fan. But my favorite was Babyface. Mm. I met him too. And I, that's when I had a whole like, I I almost tripped. Shit. I almost like tripped. I would too. <laughs> it was a whole thing. I never seen so many plaques in my life. Dre's mm. different. He don't got none of his plaques in the studio. Word? None of the, Look at me. None, none, none of them. them. Yeah, his crib. He nah. he, nah. He just he, they there somewhere, but they he, in a box somewhere. He cares more about what we're gonna do now, right now, and that mentality. Always hungry, and that mentality that like, yo, let's just be creative, let's be free. Um, 
will carry me into the rest of my life. Mm. And I'm grateful for being around that man. He has given me um, a voice. I was the only girl at Aftermath. Wow. He would just be like, go. You want to sing? Go. You want to rap? Go. You want to opera to it? Go. And if it wasn't it, he'd be like, nah, and move to the next song. And you was going to have to pick your pride up, you know? like. And keep it it. moving. Are we working on the next thing? Yeah. Because it's really about the best possible uh, creative thing that comes out of this. It's not about egos. Mm -hmm. And he is one person that is in the music industry that is not about egos. And I've met so many other people who are moguls, trust me. And they're all about like, da-da-da-da-da. And Trey's like, yeah, whatever. What I could do with you. Mm. That, That fire and passion is unmatched. And I will forever be grateful for it. Working with him... Um, day in and day out for almost for a year while I also worked with Anderson who was yeah. amazing was like you going to school for your doctorates yeah wow and the beautiful part about it is I got to be everything I was Just like yourself. my potty mouth self it was all good you get what I mean my gospel self mm. my fucking you get what I mean talking my shit self yeah, my was- like all of it, yeah. all of it was just like alright let's what you hear on the record I'm like well I think it should we'll try it and he vocal produces and he produces. It's, it's, it's another level. It's a it's beautiful in a way that I would have never known because I never paid attention to it beforehand. Got it. You know, um, and I'm grateful because if anything, what it taught me is freedom. So, so what is a Dre session like? Does things have to be set a certain way? Do certain things need to be in that studio at the time? Or is it just, let's just go straight into the music? Gin and Juice is going to be there, but everything else is who he wants to be there and the energy in the space. He's all about energy. Nice. He's about energy. All this other shit, like ego shit, what you do, who you are, energy. If you come in as a brand new person and never had a record in your life and you're amazing and the energy's good, he's going to work. working on some shit if that's where he's at that day and you're afforded the opportunity to be in the room because not everybody gets in the room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And um, that's, that's a blessing, man. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Pac, like, outside of that, like, have you been in the studio with Kendrick, et cetera? I haven't been in the studio with Kendrick. Okay. 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 That would be amazing. I'm a big Kendrick fan. Yeah, I might yeah, just be crazy. sitting there like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do nothing. Coco, what you just in awe. Listen, I, it's, crazy. it's all great. You want me to think? All right. <laughs> I got you. I got thoughts. But, like, in the meantime, just do what you're doing. You know, um, there's a beauty in it because I engineer myself. So there's a beauty in, like... Being still and being able to see other people's creative Fly on the wall. Yeah, because I'm not necessarily, if I try to be a fly on the wall, but people will be like, what you doing? Well, you know. Um, so so, so going back there. back to Dre, what was the biggest thing that you sharpened in your skills just working with him? Was it, do you feel like your writing sharpened more? I mean, you probably leveled up all areas. Yes. But if you could pick one that stood out above the rest. That's not fair. <laughs> Not that's, not, that's not fair because anyone around Dre, if you're working with him regularly, you're going to be better. Nice. Yeah. This is not a man that, uh, this is not a man that is mediocre in any sense of the word in any part of his life. Yeah. Not even in his At personal all. life and himself. He's uh, all about excellence and all about um, feeling. If it feels good, it is good. And then mm-hmm. perfecting that feeling so that it translates to you. It's a difference between like, oh, this feels good. And then like you didn't mix it properly. So it doesn't translate to people mm-hmm. who right. don't understand that music is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. All of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he is that through and through. He's in a creative and an artist 
through and through. And he recognizes talent. And I'm not just saying that because he recognized me because I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, me? Like, for real. Now, now so, it's funny. Go, no, go ahead. I was, was going to say, let's talk about cacao. Mm. I want to talk about cacao. Yeah. I want to talk about how that reflects on Coco Sarai and like the space that you're in right now. Because, yeah, now now that I've actually spoken to you yeah. and know the backstory, I, I, I really, really feel like cacao, there is a full circle. Because you came in on some full circle energy yeah. in this room today. So I was turned. Yes. yes, from the start. Yeah, yes. yes. So, so let's talk about cacao. <laughs> Man, um, my mom called me chocolate since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the darkest of the children. I'm the oldest, but I'm still the darkest. And I think she knew that the world wasn't going to be kind to the complexion that I was because right. you know we live in New York and mm-hmm. colorism is a thing and like whatever. Yeah. yeah. So she called me chocolate. She put a chocolate bar next to me as a kid one day. I was like, you're the exact same color. And I looked at her and I was like. You're right. You know, <laughs> like, I'm allergic to chocolate, though, and so is she. So I was never really a fan of it. That's Most funny. people don't know that. Um, <laughs> but so many people were, you know, and she would always remind me when I came home, like, they're teasing me. She's like, you're original. Anybody lighter mm. than you when somebody was raped. I was like, that's terrible. I don't want to go back to school and say that, mommy. But she was very adamant about it. Um, and just finding ways to find pride in it, even though she knew some history, but not all of it. I went and sought out history for myself and for my students um, when I was a teacher, you know. Um, So this album was a short form coming of age. Mm. Um, And not for every black girl, because I hate when people like try to make their experience everyone's experience. And it's not. I'm not every black girl's experience. Right. I'm my experience. Yeah. And um, every black girl has their own experience. Right. Not every black girl went through colorism and feeling crazy. Right. Not every black girl grew up in a fucked up family. Not every black girl. Some black girls had it good. Yeah. And I love those black girls too. Mm-hmm. Because they have a different experience. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, colorism is a thing in this world. And so you're having a different experience, whether you're darker or lighter, especially as a woman in the music industry, period. Um, and I think my mom knew that was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit lighter than me. She's a brown, but she knew. And she would always instill in me how beautiful I was whenever she could. The world told me otherwise. I had to work through it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so cacao is the base form of chocolate. Cacao is what chocolate comes from. It's the pods that the chocolate comes from. Mm-hmm. They have to ferment. They have to sit. It is not a, a small process. process. Cacao process. is a process. What you get with that sweet ass chocolate you get, cacao itself is actually full of antioxidants. It's full of like healthy things for you, okay. but it's bitter when you first eat it. Okay. It's not sweet. Right. Mm. Um, and so when you learn what that is in the process of it, it feels like a process when people see me and they're like, yo, Coco, I love how annoying when women be like you're so confident I'm like you don't say that to Beyonce and you don't say that to <laughs> you never say that to any no. lighter skinned women people never say to lighter skinned women how confident they no. are no they'll say to me I love how confident you are yeah bitch what I like me you don't yeah. like you bitch the fuck right. is going on yeah. like yeah. this is not something I had to like work for I really genuinely fucks with me <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean um and so that's an interesting thing and so with cacao uh when I chose to name it this, 
It was because I had one song on the project as a whole that felt like the blackest, black-ass love song you ever heard in your life. Because any other race is not going to understand. He might be the one oiling my scalp, massage my temples with you. I can rest my head. Some people of other races don't need to oil their scalp. Their Mm -hmm. scalp produces too much oil. It's a very Mm -hmm. black thing. We need oil in our scalp because our scalp will dry out mm-hmm. if we're black and have kinky or coily hair. Mm-hmm. Um, um, shower now, shea butter my body down, feet up to my dreads. Dre- shea butter is all I can use. I was born with eczema. Everyone mm-hmm. talks about my mm-hmm. skin being amazing. Shea butter, okay? And no dairy. Saving lives? And no water. dairy. That's what has helped me. And, you know, some other things that I, you know, do to take care of my skin once a month or whatever. Um Oh, he loved this chocolate. He fucked with this before it was a trend because it's trendy yes. to be chocolate yes. now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the motherfuckers that was on my body like eight years ago, that was just like something about that when I'm like, they knew, <laughs> they knew. Ahead of the trends. And <laughs> this is nothing against our lighter complected black women. Mm-hmm. This is just my experience because my baby sister is a beautiful pecan tan and that's my mm-hmm. baby. You know, but this is we have different experiences in the right. world because she is considered a red bone and I'm considered dark skin. And she understands that she learned that, too. Yeah. And the yeah. last line, last line, when we collide suicide overdosing on this melanin, black love is not something that you see too often. Even if even in TV, they show racially ambiguous or, you know, uh, couples like that don't look like. Yeah. It's me and you or me and you, you know. Um, And so I understand what media does to perpetuate that to children and what that looks like and how that affects them growing up um, and how it affected my life as a dark skinned female child growing up in Bushwick with Spanish people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was rough. Yeah. But I just started fucking shit up and we was going to be all right. That was it. You're going to hurt my feelings? I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, exactly. gonna be right. And that's it. Because that's the way it was at one point. You know? Okay, cool. But the point I'm making is when I'm talking about cacao and that's that, those were the first four lines of the song about a black ass love. Like this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, I had I, I wrote a song where I had to talk about God because the first four lines I wrote about a guy, the same guy I wrote a bigger person about. Mm. And then he messed up. And I wrote Bigger Person. So I had to come back to write the song. Mm. And when I had to come back to write the song, the only to make it the only way to make it authentic was to talk about God. Fam, that was stressful. But when I listen back to it now, now I have a love in my life that I can be like, wow, I wrote you into my story. Mm. But it needed to be honest and it needed to be true. But it was a black ass black ass experience and so I can't speak for every black girl's experience but I can speak for mine and I decided to name the whole project cacao Um, and then I split it up into three because algorithms are ass (laughs) yeah girl (laughs) and that's why I did it and I was just like you know there's a lot to say here you know Um, uh, and I want to say it all and I want people to get it so I'm going to take my time with it even though I knew I had two other full projects waiting that I really was excited to get to, I wasn't going to half-ass my R&B project that I spent so much time on. I had so much to say about, so it feels good to see people relate to it. And I'm just grateful. Yeah. The timing, you know? I mean, even though it's it's on trend now, even so, the timing is still perfect because it's on trend. Because mm-hmm. it's now at the forefront of the conversation about mm-hmm. our melanin, about colorism about how we've divided ourselves, about how we don't have all the same experiences as Black people. Yes. We don't. 
even in love. Yes. We do not have we the do same not. experiences as black people. That's very so, true. That's I very true. I appreciate that. Thank you. That means a lot to me from another black woman because yeah. I was very... um aware and intentional about that you know when I was speaking about the blurbs and like when we're pitching and everything I'm like this is not every black girl's experience Mm -hmm. this is my black experience you know um and we may connect and intersect in different places but it's not everyone's experience so don't don't box the same because y'all don't do that to any other race right true let us be great let us be whole let us be diverse Mm -hmm. let us be beautiful let us be uh, let us be angry Right. Let us be angry because everyone else gets to do it except us. Right. Let us, you know, and if you don't let us, we're going to do it anyway. And right now you have no choice but to pay attention. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Fuck you want, yeah. you know, because I'm going to keep talking about this shit. And if you like the way I say, you going to listen to this yeah. shit because I'm not going to stop. It's a dub. Like because I'm still the ancestors from told you. They told me to tell you fuck out of here. Right. You know, um, and, I, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. And, I, and that's another reason I appreciate Drake because I walked in on like, he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> that's what's up. He was never like, you need to calm down. You need to be quiet. No, just like let it. You let need it come to be through. still. He's like, I like that shit. The energy. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Is he short? You know what? <laughs> you know, um, I was never disrespectful, but I had perspective. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I wasn't afraid, and he fucked with that, and um, I think it resonated because real recognized real yeah. in so many ways. Um, the same with AP, who's a fucking genius. You know, he's a he's a genius in so many ways. I wish people could see him work. I mean, one of the things that you mentioned is how free Dre lets you be. And when it comes to the patois and the rapping, right, I feel like there's a track with with Pac, right, where even Dre is doing patois. So I wanted to, because <laughs> you, you rapping. No, uh, is it Mansa Musa? Where you're, well, Mansa Musa, yeah. You're, you're rapping. I am rapping. I'm, I'm singing in the background, but I'm rapping. You got bars record. on it, and then it goes straight into Dre. Yeah. And then I, I heard him say something like, what's going on with these people or something like that. So... <laughs> Is that your pen? I, I gotta ask straight out. Was that your pen? He felt the vibe. There is a <laughs> there's a creative energy in the studio, and Drake's very much involved in everything that we do. Okay. There are other people there that are creatives as well, and they add to it. Okay. Um, Dre, when I walk into the room, I'm like Wagwan. We call him Coach. I call I call him Coach. coach. Wagwan Coach. He said Wagwan. He called me Cocaina. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's my name. Coco, cocaina. I got mad different nicknames amongst different people in the music industry. Not cocaina. 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 That's my name. You know, that's what he calls Kelly me. Kelly Coke. No. You know what I'm saying? That's a new one. That's a new one. Because I'm from Brooklyn, so yeah. they would never violate me like that. True, true. Like, you a BK girl and they know it because when I walk in, it's, it's all on me. You know? Right. Um, it don't go away no matter where I go. I try it. Um, <laughs> um, and so I think... I think I don't know why that happened, but it was his song first, actually. Oh, Mansa oh, wow. Musa was a Dr. Dre song. What what project uh, was that supposed to go on? The Compton joint? I mean You don't even know. I wasn't around for Compton, so Okay, okay. I wasn't there yet. Yeah, yeah. What I'm that's true, say that's is, true, the timeline. What I'm gonna say is twenty eighteen oh. is when I met him, you know. <laughs> they things are going. And um Mansa Musa was his record. Okay. And um Yeah. Anderson 
liked it and got that one. Me and Anderson had a duet together that didn't quick. work out for the album. Okay. And I love both of them for being like, ah, this duet didn't work. We're going to make sure Coco's on it. So when Mansa Musa came into play, shout out to Black Soul for coming up with that hook. Back on my bullshit. Black Soul, I love you, man. He's so dope. There were other talented writer, producers, artists that were around at that mm. time. And Black Soul came up with that hook. And, mm. you know, um, the record happened. And then uh, Anderson came in and took off a verse and bodied his shit. And they were like, yo, Coco, you got to do your verse. I don't, I don't remember if my verse was on it already. I'm... I can't remember that. Uh, my money, money, mm-hmm. Pockets so... I'm Jamaican. If you ever right. heard that song, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a West Indian mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm Jamaican. So, you it's, know, it just it out. just worked out. And <laughs> AP's like, yeah, you got to fix these two lines, though. And I fixed the last two lines. And then it, it was a part of it. And I remember thinking, like, everyone's going to think I'm a rapper. But I really started rapping on Wax when I started working with Trey. Wow. Um, I was helping you, to write. You, you got bars though, like you. Right, you yeah, rap, like I really like do rap, rap, rap. Like I really yeah. do, but I just never did it on record because I sing and I didn't yeah. want to fight with the rappers. I'm from New York, niggas rap, rap. I'm, like, I'm saying, but like, I wasn't playing with them. I'm not playing with y'all. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, in my head, I'm like, yo, was that was that Lauren in your head, like Lauren Hill? No, like, saying, people nah, started comparing just... me to Lauren after I started working with Dre because of the rapping, because that yeah. makes yeah, yeah, yeah. But it like, was, but yeah. it just came natural. Okay, because I've done spoken word since 11 okay. like I really Got do you. spoken word like I'm a poet wow. yeah. you know which made it easier for me to help write for Dre and stuff like that or with him not for you write with Dre you don't write for Dre got it the pens um, and shit Just real shit it's, it's with you okay. don't write for him you write with him okay. um, except for Hove no, Dre, no. I don't know what Hove did. I wasn't okay. there, but Hove is, wasn't there. Hove is that wasn't guy. There. Okay. So we not even, I'm I'm in Brooklyn. What are you saying to me right now? <laughs> don't put me in this position. That's all I'm saying. Hove is Hove. Hove that's is the Hove. president of the United States of black people. <laughs> right. Okay. And that's it. That's There's it. nothing to talk about. Random question. Have you ever done spoken word at Bowery Poetry Club when it was a thing? I did. That's where I remember you from. Yeah. Every two Tuesdays, I did it one I time. Used, I used to go there on Tuesdays. Like this. I did it one I, time. You came and I was like, I, I did it one time. I got a piece. I would perform it for y'all too. I never do it on like, I've never done it on any platforms. Oh, nah, I would. Mean. I'm down. I have a piece Let's called go. PTSD that's like really important to me, and I'm gonna be releasing a book soon because oh, wow. I think people are like. Don't know, you know, when people know you for one thing, they're like, do that, don't do anything else, and you're like, yeah, you gotta do everything. Nah, all the I'm things. gonna be all the things I am, and I'm just gonna give it to you in doses because you don't know how to deal with all of it. <laughs> but I got you. But there's a piece called PTSD that I did, uh, that I ended up performing like two years ago, and there was a dancer behind me that was embodying the PTSD. Mm. It was the most genius thing. Shout out to Kai Martinez for putting it together. Mm. Um, where there was a poet and there was a dancer paired up. And the show that it created was amazing. Mm. Wow. Mm. Amazing. I can't wait to um, release this book of poetry. And like, oh, wow. I'm taking my time. So, so you, you're dropping Take a lot. Yo, book of poetry and you said you got two other projects. Oh, yeah. Right? So, yeah. so you didn't talk about the project. So just like real brief, you, you, you threw it out there. We want to hear a little bit about the projects that are on the way. Yo, so I'm Jamaican. Me is a yard gal. And my mom used to be like, what's wrong with you? You're doing like your people, mm. you know, but it wasn't that I was, I'm a second generation, yeah. you know, American. Yeah. Our grandpa's from Jamaica and um, 
for some reason I'm like yo my cousin used to call me a Yankee I ain't about to you know for those I of hate you, that for those of you watching a Yankee is an American person and when you go when you go far in which is Jamaica yes I was just and you try to talk to Patois no matter how good you think you sound to your friends in America Jamaicans will let you know that you're a fucking Yankee so fast they will humble you humble you fast like humble you because you have privilege remind Mm. you that you have privilege and also like you one of us but you like barely my nigga you know and that was enough to affect me to be like well all right, I'm just going to do R&B. <laughs> I don't got to fight with this. Even though I grew up in a house with the culture, with the food, yeah. with the music, with yeah. the art, with the intellect, with the knowledge, you know. And my auntie told me in 2020, she said, what's wrong with you? Everybody else still in your culture. Mm. And this is your culture. You born with it. It's mm. in your blood and mm. you're not, Use it. you know, and that's, I ended up doing this reggae album with, um, Black Monday, who's an amazing producer, wow. Jamaican American. He's out in LA. Um, a lot of people wanted me to do this type of music before, but I didn't because the music didn't feel authentic. Mm. So I feel for me that this is my favorite project. What? This reggae project is my favorite project. Nice. Ever. Nice. It was just insane. When, when are you dropping it? <sighs> There's some situations happening okay. that might be great. So I was supposed okay. to drop it on the 16th. Of July, really? But I don't know if that's gonna happen yet. Okay. I gotta get through some conversations. There might be some yeah. machines or something, you know. Just, What's that? Yeah. We need help. Mm-hmm. We need help because Coco's yeah. money ain't working. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, I may drop a single instead. Okay, a little teaser. Yeah, yeah. We'll I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm. I I don't know if you can tell. And niggas I can tell. But this is what we talked about. It means so much to me. Creating and and having fun. That's why I did it. And and there's an Afrobeats project after that. Shout out to Tommy Tribe. Um, uh, Shout out to Brands, who's a part of that. Um, DJ Tunes. And like, you know, it's um, connecting to the diaspora. Yeah. Having conversations with Africans that were born in Africa Mm. as a Jamaican American. Different convos. Different convos and beautiful ones because there are, I hate to say this word because Clubhouse got me tight at all of the educated black women that use the word intersectionality. Girl, I had to unsubscribe from Listen, <laughs> I'm like, no, you do not have to take 20 words, like every word you learned in a dictionary to explain this one thing. Say that you don't like it. You don't have to be like, honestly, the juxtaposition. Oh, girl. Between the equilibrium of the world and what's happening, you know, in this dichotomy means like, sis. <laughs> it's giving I read the dictionary. We get in prison. it. Like, I'm an educated black woman. Yes. It's okay, sis. Yes. Carry on. Um, <laughs> but the point I'm making is, yeah, so the, these these two projects mean so much to nice. me. And it feels good, so good to see so many people that yeah. are close to, not close to me, but people that know me, that hear it, that are like, yo. This is it. This is your sound. And I'm like, actually, my sound is whatever I decide to be because I'm still Coco Sarai. At the end of the day. All of this. I'm not changing who I am. I'm still the same potty mouth person sometimes. I'm still the same uh, intentional person, the same uh, naked you know, person on all of this type of music. Um, And I think that women are told they have to be one thing. Um, that's why I did the record No Apologies on part three of Cacao. And I'm like, 
men never have to choose. Men yeah. can be like whatever they want. Yo, today I'm a thought. Tomorrow I'm working in corporate. Guess what? <laughs> you hoes is gonna love me regardless. <laughs> Cause I got money. Right. And I feel like women are taught like you're either a good girl or a bad girl. You're either mother or you're a stripper. You're either a teacher or this. And I'm like, I grew up in church my whole life. I'm a whole teacher. I will punch somebody directly square <laughs> in the face. You get what I mean? If I need to twerk on the ceiling because that's what I feel like doing on a Tuesday, gonna do a that. bitch is throwing it up on the motherfucking yeah. ceiling. I'm still going to get straight <laughs> sober. I'm still going to get straight A's. I'm still going to create yeah. and I can still uplift everyone around me because it's in my spirit and right. my heart to do so. Amen. You get what I mean? And you won't tell me that I can't be all these things because you can't tell something that is designed to carry more than one life inside them that they're supposed to be one thing. Listen. Like I'm designed to do that. I'm designed to multitask. And this is not about being better than men because we need each other. Right. Balance is key. We Balance. need we need you. Yes. Do, 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 do. Yes. Do, do. I can pay my own <laughs> life bill, baby. Do, do. She got it. Jill Scott knew what the fuck she was talking about, you know? Um, But the point I'm making is, you know, in all of this is like in the music, I reflect all of that because I'm not afraid. Mm. Mm. I'm just not afraid. What's somebody going to beat me up? Because one day I want to be like, fuck being a bigger person. And next day I'm like, you know what? You, I'm about to lay you down and lift you up, my brother. (laughs) Today, it's your turn. (laughs) It's your time. But those things are both honest. Both days I'm honest, you know, and so... And yeah. we we appreciate the honesty. <laughs> we love we, it. We, we love, love it all. It. Oh, this Ms. is so good. Miss Coco Sarah. Yeah. We, so we're looking good. forward to hearing the new projects. Yeah. We're looking forward Can't to the poetry we? book. I mean, you got a lot going on. Uh, you welcome back anytime too. Yes, I'm, please. I'm good come out back. there. Cause Just I come got, back and have a little jam session. Come on. I'm saying. Listen, I think I'm going to do something while I'm here. So y'all are welcome. I'll, I'll let. Mm. I'm going to yes, put it up please. on my socials. Okay, I'm bad okay. at letting people know because it'd be too many people to let know. Okay. But it's going to go up on my page. Okay. You know, okay. um, I'm thinking I'm going to do something uh, while I'm here because okay. There's Please no place do. like home. Like and Please I do. specifically wanted to come back home to release this reggae, reggae project. It's specifically. Mm, oh, yeah. oh, you know Brooklyn Ready. Yeah. If you, you know Brooklyn Ready. In New York, then the parties. You know what happened when reggae came on. You That's when you got vibes. your first wine. Yes. You didn't right. even get to smell a girl until it was, you knew. It was amazing. Right. That's you it. didn't know. This, it's a culture. <laughs> And I realized when I went to other places, like, y'all don't dance the reggae for the parties? What the fuck? Yeah, what y'all, y'all doing over here? Like, what do y'all dance to? Pump that pussy doodle proud. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> how we have like you, two how seconds. How you to that? How yeah. you get a good wine yeah. to that? How you get jean stains on the wall? You don't know. Or how? You don't know. Or how? You don't know. Or how? Because you know. Anybody went to reggae parties, they like to try to wear white pants. And the girls was going to have on red pants, green pants, orange pants. You didn't know until you had like a boot right. color stain on the crotches right. that, that it went off. Tide yeah. can't help you. Yeah. It might not help you, but you know what? You want to know how to come to time. And, and that time. thing is a very New York based yes. thing. So this project, this reggae project feels like if you grew up in New York it's, City. It's like a, a basement around picking that. Listen, just like the sweaty walls where the walls. The sweaty <laughs> walls. If you go to put your hand on the wall to catch you a dub, you're right. like, oh, that's crazy. I could slip and die. When you leave a party in the wintertime and steam. And steam. It's coming from they don't your understand. head. They don't know that life. They don't know. 
They don't know. So we they we had we know. had all that big energy on this album. Oh so, my yeah. gosh! Uh, and it's called Sugar Cane. Sugar, ooh. Wow! Exclusive. Oh, that's it. It's blue dope. <laughs> sugar cane. It's called Sugar Cane. You know, because I was Jamaican, living on a block. You know, mm-hmm. having my family at a brownstone. And we would eat sugar cane on the steps. The yeah. kids are like, what they doing? They eating plants. We like, y'all stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, what you mean? First of all, we wasn't allowed to go to the store with scarves on. No offense to anybody who chooses to do so. We wasn't allowed to do that in my house. My grandfather's like, let me tell you, you won't do, you won't do that in here. And no bonnet, a, no bonnet on the plane. Bonnet on a plane? My grandfather was not having it. He That's what the conversation. Right I was like, I get what she's saying, but because you should be able to allow to do, you what you do want. whatever you want to do. But I, I understood. I couldn't do that yes. growing yes. up. That wasn't yeah. a thing. My yeah. grandfather, what? You got to be you going? You going in the house? Yeah. You in punishment? Yeah. You, you go into the store like what? Come nah. back from the store and be like, can I get a dollar? You can go in the house, top floor. Don't leave till God tell you to stop. Because when God tell me, I tell you. <laughs> you know, like, that's it. That's it. You was on punishment and you didn't know when you thought you was going to be on punishment forever. Like, mommy, how long going to be forever? Yeah. You'd be like, that's right, crazy. That's a long time. The phone. Shit. Spend the night at somebody's house. Spend the night. No. Spend the night. And you West Indian. No. It's not spend happening. the night. Where? Where? Where was you spending yeah, the night? A girl child spending the night. A girl child spending no, the night. Never. Whoa. Never. You must be mad. That's it. <laughs> What? I'm <laughs> wrong with you, crazy. That's you must it. have lost your bum clap, man. What do you mean? That's it. Spending night, spend night where? And at your house. Yeah. And at yeah. your home. Yeah, right there. And at the basement. Yeah. No, you're not spending the night nowhere. That wasn't a thing in my family. So that's why, like, it'd be like, you know, that's another reason why I can understand why my mom was like, you are Jamaican as fuck. Yeah. Why are you hiding from this? And I'm like, because my accent ain't like what it need to be. She's like, whatever you, but you know. And my aunt told me last year, she's like, yo, you got the Justin Bieber's taking your culture. No offense to Justin Bieber. You got to do you it. You look in this camera. You know, and 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 Listen, that, what that shows is the influence the that influence, black the impact black America impact. black black Jamaica black people have had on the world the impact and that you know it was it was like all right cool what I I don't have to sing about this but I get to stand in a gap for first second third generation <laughs> Americans mm-hmm. children of immigrants from the Caribbean yeah. can speak and talk and just have fun making his music um and so i'm excited about it because as scared as i was i have said so many people show so much support to word that i'm like that's right, co- that's your culture that's your heritage you and have so to. much i had so you much have fun to. y'all i was drunk the whole time yes because <laughs> because you home it's welcome you home to. the whole time you know so i'm happy to be home i spend 48 hours now I'm gonna be here for like two and a half weeks. Nice. This okay. is the longest I've been home since I wow. moved. Wow. I have a lot of work to do, but I'm trying to get things like this done yeah. before yeah. I get, get back in the work mode because yeah. I know I'm about to get in the studio and yeah. get the shows together. I'm just grateful. So, you know, thank you for having me. Thank you no, for thank being you here. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thanks for the insight. Yeah. Right? The energy. The real. energy. Dead ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brooklyn. <laughs> Coco, appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. It's Thank Blue you Dope. It's Blue Dope, y'all. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Blue Dope and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, 
or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow the crew on Instagram at Blue Dope TV.